a Podcast One production. Hey, I'm former Australian beach sprinter and fitness trainer Katie Williams. When I was competing, I would do anything I needed to do to be the best. But now that I'm retired, I'm trying to develop a more balanced relationship with my diet, exercise, and my body image. In each episode, I'll try a different diet or lifestyle challenge for two weeks to see if it helps me think, move, or feel better. For the next two weeks, the challenge I'm taking on is a social media detox. So why do I want to take a break from social media? To be honest, I kind of do and I kind of don't. I started on social media actually posting videos of my workouts when I was an athlete and it's kind of rolled into becoming this health and wellness page, which is tied in with sponsored posts, the podcast, educational content, and I guess my real life. I've never taken a break from it. I don't even think I've taken a day or two off social media, which is really, really concerning. I'm doing this challenge because I want to feel more clarity for 2021. I want to feel more productive. I want to feel more focused. I definitely think my attention span is almost that of a goldfish. I get bored easily. I get distracted easily. And I have a lot of decision fatigue and sort of like a cloudy, foggy mind sometimes. And I do believe that's because I'm on technology so much. And being on social media, Instagram in particular, is a big energy exchange. I'm giving a lot out. And I'm also taking a lot on unintentionally just by looking at people's photos and videos. You can go into comparison mode. It can kind of lead you down a negative path of not feeling like you're enough or not feeling like you're good enough. So, you know, I'm hoping that this challenge makes me feel happier, more content with my life and refreshes me for 2021. Before starting this challenge, I want to speak to Alexis Fernandez. She's studying neuroscience, she's doing her master's, and she has an epic mindset podcast, which is all about the human brain. I want Alexis to teach me how to use social media consciously and give me some tips and tricks for how to break my addiction. Welcome to the podcast, Alexis Fernandez. You are the neuroscience queen. You've got your own podcast all about neuroscience and mindset. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So tell me, what is your background with understanding the brain and how it works? Yeah, so I actually did my undergrad years ago in Queensland at UQ in cognitive neuroscience. And then I took a few years off. I was traveling around, didn't know, I always missed the brain and studying the brain. And now I'm doing my master's in neuroscience at Sydney Uni. And I've got one semester left. And that, I just obsessed with talking about the brain. And I thought, I love being on a stage. I love talking. So how can I mix my two loves together? And that's where, you know, talking about it on Instagram and on my podcast kind of married together to this, what it is now. Do you f***ing mind podcast? The Do You f***ing mind podcast. I love podcast, it. Yeah. It is the best. <laughs> Thank you. You're a cool nerd. Yeah, I'm such a nerd. I'm such a nerd. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. So tell me, what is your personal relationship like with social media? So my relationship with social media has evolved quite a bit, actually, because even up until less than a year ago, it was purely just recreational and I would just be on it all the time, but I wasn't using it at all for business. Whereas now it's now, especially Instagram, I think it's changed a lot. And now when I'm on it, I kind of have to dedicate, you know, time where I'm actually working 
and separate it to just using it socially and scrolling. Like many times I'll jump on Instagram and I won't even scroll at all because I've just got so I've got to upload this, I've got to do that, and I haven't scrolled through the feed in ages. So you have two separate times, one to scroll yes. and one to work. Yes. Oh, my God, I've never done that. Yeah, that is yeah, such yeah. a good idea. Yeah, that way you don't feel guilty when you're scrolling. You want to just really get into it, enjoy it. There's no guilt. There's no shame around it. You're just enjoying it. But make sure you set a timer because that's like we've all been there where it's an hour later. And you're you're like, in the Whoa. vortex of looking you at someone's boyfriend's ex, yes. husband's, fiance's dog's account. And then you accidentally <laughs> deep like something like years yes. back. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about when you accidentally <laughs> like someone's page that you shouldn't be on? And you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, we've all been there. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So you know so much about the brain. Tell me what does social media do to our brain? How does it affect it? There's two things that happen. I'll explain the first one. Basically our brains will release dopamine and serotonin every time we need to do something that's around survival. So that includes eating, drinking, sex, sleep. We're going to feel really good doing those things. But one of the major things that we needed back back, back in the primitive days was human connection. We needed that human connection in order to survive because otherwise you wouldn't be able to procreate, you couldn't get along with your tribe. Like, So it's necessary. So that's why every time you have a, a good human interaction, you release all these feel-good neurotransmitters and so your body's saying, do it again. That felt really good, so you're encouraged. Now with social media, we're getting that release of the neurotransmitters thinking, this is a real human connection, I'm going to release this neurotransmitter. So then you think, that felt good, I'm going to do it again. <gasps> but obviously the brain wasn't designed to interpret a like or a comment or a DM the same as a legitimate human interaction. And so it's having that same response and that's why primarily that's an A, why it feels so good. And then separate to that, it's working on when you have a release of dopamine and when you're doing it again and again, it's working on this this dopamine pathway within the brain. And basically that's your rewards circuit. So it's like these three major points in the brain. I mean, there's way more than three, but like there's this landmark points in the brain where dopamine is released from. And when people are doing something that's going to feel good, like eating, partying, drug use, even yeah. when you're talking addictions as well, those are going around similar circuits, although obviously chemical addiction is different to behavioural addictions just in how it works in the brain. But, yeah, that's why we then have this craving to do it again because it's like these reinforced rewards pathways and we genuinely feel rewarded. Why is social media so addictive? Or do you think it is addictive? I think it is addictive as far as like behavioural addictions go. The difference with when you're doing like a chemical substance, it works on you know, creating more receptors within your cells and, and within your brain. So then what happens is when you get off that substance, because you've created all these new receptors to be uh, like ready for those chemicals, now you're in this crazy withdrawal because those receptors are now wanting this chemical that's no longer there. The difference with, I would say, a behavioral addiction, it's more a hardwired kind of pattern within the brain and the brain loves routine and it loves consistency and it loves repetition. So if you're repeatedly doing this pattern again and again and again, it gets kind of literally hardwired into your subconscious thought yeah. patterns. So that's why it becomes really hard to break because it becomes part of you and part of what you're doing. It can be unbroken because the brain's really plastic, so you can always change and mould it constantly. But if you're not thinking about changing it or you're not taking actionable steps to create some boundaries for yourself, then it can get quite out of hand and that's where social anxiety gets created. A lot of people who use it can then have all these other problems because they're just relying on it instead of using it as a tool, you know? Absolutely. 
So with social media, there's obviously a lot of different platforms. Do you think some of them are more addictive than others, like TikTok versus Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube? Do they act differently to the brain? Um, I think it would be dependent on the person, to be honest. I think they would probably act in the same way in the sense of, you know, that craving that you have for something and then you're satisfying that craving when you get there. But I would imagine where there's more interaction as far as likes, messages and DMs, so Instagram would be a massive one for that, more so than TikTok, yeah. I would imagine that would then be more addictive because you're you're going in. The thing about the brain is it also responds really well with intermittent reinforcement. So when you go onto Instagram, you're not always getting a DM, but there's enough times that you get a DM that it's worth you justified in your mind checking it every half hour because it's like I get a DM often enough, you know, so you might not get it two times, but then the third time you get it. So now you've just been reinforced that you need to do that behavior. So then you check it again. It's like a pokey machine. It's the same thing. It's it is. intermittent reinforcement that you're getting enough reinforcement to tell you that it's worth it. I've got an extremely addictive personality across the board. I'm an extremist and I'm all or nothing, very black and white. Do you think certain personalities are more likely to become addicted to social media? Yeah, def- 100%, definitely. But also with, you notice that separate to your kind of personality where you are very driven and you are go, 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 maybe for you there's too much like glut- glutamate in within your brain where it's like action, 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 you know, and there's less downtime possibly. It depends on the yeah. person. But then separate to that on the complete other side of the spectrum, people that have little drive or no purpose, also find themselves going to these apps as well because it's definitely like it's a pacifier. They want to pacify boredom, um, feelings of not being enough, all of that. People that don't want to sit with their own thoughts want to find distractions constantly. They just need to be distracted. Someone who is terrified of being bored is someone that's not satisfied within themselves. Yeah. Someone who's quite satisfied within themselves or I could do I could think of this, I could do that when they're alone with their thoughts, often their productive thoughts, then you don't really you're not terrified of being bored because you could just sit there and like plan, oh, I could be doing this next week or whatever. It's not that bad. It it sucks, yes. but it's fine. But people that like have these really awful thoughts about themselves and they're not planning anything, they don't have a purpose, they can't fathom that. So they're going to always try and distract themselves with anything and an app like that is perfect for it. But the problem is also with these apps, it's that it increases your anxiety. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you're not using it health, in a healthy yeah. way, if you're always relying on it, then when you don't have it, you get anxious. And anxious people, especially socially, people with social anxiety, are then going to be using those apps massively. And like we were talking about, you start interpreting that as a real connection. Then you go out into the real world and you have real social anxiety because you're like, oh, this is not at all what I've been doing online. So it's you definitely need to create some boundaries in your life if you're one of those people because... So if you're A-type personality, like for me, I I can be very disciplined, Mm -hmm. except I'm not disciplined online because I've never set any rules or any boundaries ever. So I kind of feel like, yes, I am addicted, but I've never actually set any standards. So I do think that I probably can, you know, have stronger boundaries and set stronger standards for myself. I've just never done it, which I think is cool because here I am thinking, oh, my God, there's something wrong with me. I'm so addicted to being online. This is really sad. Yeah. But I am happy within myself. I just get sucked in the vortex sometimes totally. because and I you, haven't set strong boundaries. Yeah, and I don't, and you just haven't given yourself the chance to live a week, a month, or a year with those boundaries in place. Do you know what I mean? I think often we'll, we'll do that. Where we'll, be, we'll put ourselves down for something, yeah. but we haven't even given ourselves a chance to prove ourselves right or wrong. You know, sometimes we'll be like, I'm so terrible at this, but have you really tried? No. Love. So then you can't say that about yourself, yes. you know? 
I so you that. could feel that you're, and maybe you are, but maybe it's not even addiction. It's, I'd say for you, it's a habit, you know, and yes. it's this loop that you get into. Is there a healthy amount of time to spend on social media, do you think? Yes, definitely. And I think you need to divide it in because obviously if it's your business, it's going to be a lot more time than someone where it's not their business because that's your work. So you've got to look at it as, okay, if I'm not going to be, you know, if I'm not working on a case because I'm a lawyer or working on with patients because I'm a doctor, you know, that time I need to be spending online to, you know, nurture my community and do all that kind of stuff. So you definitely have to separate the two and make it a clear distinction. So for you, it is part of your job to be online, to be on social media, to be connecting with your audience. Like you just have to do that. There's no way around it. So I think that for you, it's definitely healthy that you're doing that daily, but also I think we have to find ways of working a lot smarter instead of longer because there's a lot of stuff that you can get done in a much shorter amount of time when you're not switching your focus back and forth on things. Yes. I think our problem is we'll switch, like we'll jump on Instagram, we'll jump on this, jump on that, check the emails, back on Instagram, back, blah, 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 and then watch a few stories, then do, you know, a DM, watch another story, watch it. It's, you need to be very specific with your time and break it down into blocks. So if you're doing it for work, for example, you could do, okay, I'm going to watch the stories that I think are relevant to me that I should be watching. Maybe there are people that for you, it's important to be watching certain stories possibly. Okay, I'm going to get that done. I need to upload a story. I'm going to do that. Then I'll go through all my DMs that I'm doing and then that's it. I'm not going to touch these DMs until the second half of the day or something. You know, people don't need a response instantly. You know, you can block block it up into the morning DMs and the PM DMs. I don't need to be back and forth, especially if it's work. So I'm going to check my screen time. I'm just going to preface that last week I've kind of had a little bit of downtime. Mm -hmm. I'm planning for 2021. I'm planning podcasts. I'm looking for podcast guests. I'm doing lots of internet shopping, so I feel like my screen time is going to be so high. What's Um, a prediction? Well, I'm normally not online as much as I have been the last week because I've not been working (laughs) that much. You're like, just hear me out. Just going to make all the excuses (laughs) in the world. Okay, my daily average is four and a half hours a day. On Instagram. On Instagram alone. Oh, yeah, see, that's a lot. (laughs) That's it, guys. I'm out. That's a lot. If you don't see me for a few years, I'm going to go hide in a bush and do Vipassana. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing will heal me from this addiction. Oh, my God. That is not normally that high. I've checked yeah. it before. And it's, yeah. Because I've been literally, like, trolling online to find, like, guests and, like, challenges and workouts and things that I want to do. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. It's still, that is really bad. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, yeah. That is sickening. Yeah, that's yeah, wow. scary. Because then if you add that, if that was every day. I'm embarrassed. If you were to add that up, how, how much is that in a year, you know? So that's not a healthy amount of time to spend on social media. So... <laughs> So the whole point of this podcast is it's a challenge-based podcast. I've invited you in to set me a challenge. Mm -hmm. I have a social media addiction. Yes. So what is my challenge? Okay, so your challenge is going to be, I'm going to take into account that you have to use this for your business. So I'm going to ask you to do one week of a complete detox with no social media whatsoever. Amazing. Now, the point of that is not to learn to live without social media forever. Not at all. It's just a good reset because when you return to social media, I want you in that week to start implementing some boundaries for yourself and that way when you return to social media the next week, you're going to set all these boundaries up for the second week. So you're going to have two weeks basically for the challenge. One is total detox. The second week you're going to limit the time spent and you're going to do it with a timer. You're literally going to have a timer. So you're going to go into like your clock, set 20 minutes in the morning, go on, see whatever you can do in 20 minutes, then you're going to get 20 minutes at midday and then you're going to get five minutes at night. And that is it. 
I love seven this. days. So what changes should I expect from this challenge physically, mentally, and socially? Okay, you're going to feel a lot more productive, a lot more focused, and I genuinely believe you're going to have a lot more energy because a lot of the time you're going to find that physical energy is very much linked to mental energy because a lot of the time, even when you go to the, like, you you know, you're an athlete, you would know, but when you go to the gym, a lot of the time, yes, your muscles are working, but a lot of them are also neural pathways, you know? So you if you have, like, neural fatigue, then you're going to yeah. perform a lot worse. So if you can really have quite a clean mind in the sense of less distractions, less kind of um, being pulled in all different directions, if you can focus on one task at a time, you're going to find that by limiting your social media, when you do jump onto a task and work on it, you'll probably be able to stick to that task a little bit longer because you're not being pulled in all these directions. I think people think that we're bored, but I think the issue is that we're overstimulated. Yes. And if you start removing all this stimulus, you realise that with all this, with when you get rid of all that fluff around you, it's going to start to hone in and you're going to be, and you'll be more creative. You're going to be more creative. So one of the good ways to do that is like you journal. I mean, you're going to be documenting it, but it's good to write down at the end of the day if you found any positive changes and also any negative changes. Maybe in the first few days you might like, well, I really want this. And it's important to acknowledge the negative things as well because you can't change what you don't acknowledge. So it's good to write them down and say, I felt that when I woke up, I felt I was, you know, some people feel incomplete until they check their phones. And if that's happening, you need to change that. That's something that needs to be changed, you know. And so like feel when were the times in the day that I needed it and I couldn't have it. And then what did I do instead? Interesting. Find a replacement. Yeah, definitely. So mentally and then socially, how do you think I'll feel? Socially, you'll probably be more inclined to reach out and have like conversations with friends or like even even text messages with friends and things like that. But I think you will be a lot. I think when when the social media is taken out as an as as an option to connect with your friends, you're probably going to be inviting people out to do things, even if it's just for a coffee. Or you probably call people. People don't speak on the phone that I much. I speak on the phone days. so much. Do you? It's sick. Oh, amazing. Well, that's good. I do it all it's the better time. Better than social media. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You. I mean, who knows? If you do it all the time, I don't know if you do it even more. But it should. I would imagine that it would improve because it's a deeper connection. It is a deeper connection. And then uh, on top of that, if you normally message your girlfriends on social media you've now lost the opportunity to do that for the first week. So you'll probably want to see them. You're going to miss yeah. them and you're going to realise that without that, you you crave seeing them more in person. Do you think two weeks is long enough to notice changes? Yes, I do. When you look at a goal and when you look at implementing change, this goes for a diet as well, you always want to look at it as, is this sustainable long-term? That's why I never agree with people that do those hectic diets where mm. they're cutting out an entire food group, no coffee, no alcohol, no sugar. That's not sustainable. So then when you can't have it, you crash and burn and then you feel really bad about yourself and you never gave yourself a chance in the first place. So it's very unhealthy mentally to do that. So you want to look at something saying, okay, I'm going to implement these changes. How sustainable is it long-term? If you can do it for six months, it's probably a good it's a good thing to do. So with what you're doing, the second week should give you a very good idea of, okay, this has worked really well for me. I'm really enjoying my focus and productivity. I'm noticing that I'm maybe not getting as much as what I want to get done. So I'll just tweak the times. Maybe instead of 20 minutes, I make it 30, 30 and 10. Cool. That's still really good. Yeah. And it's way better than what you used to do, but it's now sustainable. Yes. And then it becomes a non-negotiable in your life. Then, you, then you're going to get to a point where you're like, oh, why would you be on an app right now? Like get this done. You could be doing this. You could yep. be doing that. You know? You break the habit. Okay. So I do have some fears for this challenge. 
One is I know I am addicted to social media mm-hmm. and I know that I sort of use the excuse of, oh, I'm sort of on here for work, I'm on here for research, whatever. But half the time I'm working, half the time I'm absolutely not. Half the time I'm just wanting to connect with people, having amazing conversations, sometimes scrolling and just time wasting. Yeah. So I I know it's an addiction for me. So I do fear that I'm going to really miss it and I'm going to probably struggle for the first week. The other thing is it's a real sort of lack mindset to have, but missing out on work or event invites or, you know, people from PR wanting to send you things, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff comes through all the time. So you miss out and then you get messages. I always miss messages anyway. And you hear the, oh, hey, just following up on this. So yes. I sort of feel like nervous to go get it back on my phone and then have to reply to all these people be like, sorry, I took a week off, which should be fine. But in our industry, it's not okay to not respond within 24 hours. Yes. Yeah. I know I will definitely have FOMO. I know that I'll want to get my phone out and document what I'm doing and share it with people. Mm-hmm. And it's going to bring up some really interesting thoughts for me because I don't need to share the things I'm doing every day with people. It doesn't actually matter. So I think I'm more nervous to find out why am I constantly on social media and what is it validating in me or what am I missing in my life that makes me go on here so much, if that's a problem or if it's literally just a bad habit. Yeah. Like I think I'm nervous to find out the true reason as to why I'm on there so much. Yeah. Is it is it because I want more connection in my life? Is it because something's missing? Is it because I'm distracting myself? I think it's because I'm distracting myself from the things I know I should be doing. Yeah, yeah. And it's a huge, like, procrastination is massive. Yeah. And it could be a mix. I think especially for you it could be a massive mix of because you haven't tried to detox before. No. So it could be a mix of you're trying to procrastinate on the things you should be doing and it's you've conditioned yourself to behave in this way. Like mm. this has now become a behavioural pattern that you've said, yep, I'm allowing this, this is okay and this is my standard. Yes. And you haven't then decided at any point to be like, I'm going to change my standard of what's acceptable for me, how much time I should be spending on that and how much I should be investing on me. And once you shift that and change it, you might be pleasantly surprised with how you respond to it. I think it might be quite cathartic to be completely offline. Mm. However, the standard I've set for myself is that I'm online 24-7. I'm contactable contactable all the time. My phone's always on. I'm always emailing. Like, I'm always online. And that has gotten me to a certain place with work because people know I'm reliable. People know I reply. People know I'm always there. But for my own mental health and my own mental well-being, not having strong enough boundaries ends up sending you to bloody burnout. And at this stage in my life, I feel that mentally I've lost my creativity I'm feeling burnt out, but it's my own, I wouldn't say it's my own doing because it's been a big year, but I just mean like because of the lack of boundaries I've set with social media, why would I feel creative and flowing and That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because you're being pulled in every direction and the creativity comes from stillness. Yes. And there is no stillness using these apps, like none whatsoever. So my homework for this challenge is to go cold turkey from social media for a full week. Mm -hmm. Then I'm allowed 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon, five minutes at night for the second week, purely for work, setting a timer. Throughout the whole challenge, I'm going to be journaling how I'm feeling, my responses to being offline. Do I have FOMO? Do I have JOMO? Yeah, definitely. And it's also important to ask yourself while you're documenting what you're feeling, next to everything you write down, ask why. So it's really good to say, oh, I felt really stressed when I couldn't go on. Why? And break it down, break it down, break it down. Because if you don't address it, then it might keep cropping up. But if you really look into it, you'll start seeing reasons that you could still feel those things doing other things. Absolutely. You might find, wait a minute, I wanted to know what so-and-so was doing, but I could just call her. So well, I've I got could, a great you know. life outside of being yeah. online. Like I love my life. Yeah. And I think when I, I have such a fun life, I share it all. 
That's so it's right. like, yeah. why do I feel the need to share it all? I have a great life without it. Yes. So I think this is going to be a really, really interesting challenge. Definitely. I'm, I'm so, so excited. So excited. <laughs> I can't wait to see how this unfolds. It'll be great. Thank you so much for coming in. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is great. I've loved this chat. Thank you so much for supporting me. And I cannot wait to dive into your challenge. Amazing. I can't wait to see it. Good luck. So I've deleted Instagram and it's my second day on holidays and I'm in isolation. I had two close contacts with COVID and I'm not allowed to leave the house for 14 days. So I'm pretty bored. I'm waiting to feel liberated. I'm waiting to feel liberated and empowered and to love this challenge. But um, right now it feels really weird. I'm a bit of a boredom eater anyway, but I don't have Instagram. I can't leave the house. I'm in isolation. I love eating. Um, what's what's happening right now? Since being offline, I think the biggest thing I've realized is that I'm not present or I'm not as present as I could be. And being on holidays at the same time as doing a social media detox has been amazing because I've actually found my phone's going off as we speak. I've actually found time to do all of the things that I was putting off. Today has been very productive. I have read, listened to podcasts, cleaned my car. I'm going to declutter my room. I'm going to go through all my drawers. I'm going to donate a whole lot of stuff. Um, I've just like set a list of like all these things I wanted to do at the end of the year that I never got around to doing. And now that I'm offline, I have all this spare time. Like I've been off for a week and I'm allowed to go on soon. And I don't think I want to, which is so bizarre. Like from checking it every like half an hour to now not even wanting to go on it is so bizarre. Like I'm actually shocked at how much time I was spending on social media. Hmm, far out. Maybe I'll just never return. Just go be a monk or something. If you want to see the behind the scenes from this challenge, I do a vlog where I capture it every day. You see me boredom eating, reading, decluttering, vision boarding, going loopy in isolation. Let me tell you, I was starting to lose my mind in isolation. This is a great vlog. You can watch it on my Instagram at Katie Williams or the Podcast One Australia YouTube channel. Look for the Better For It playlist and hit subscribe so you never miss a video. So I've been on a two-week social media detox and the challenge is now over. So the question is, am I better for it? The answer is yes. Who am I? As if I'm better for going offline. I'm obsessed with social media. Oh my God, I am so much better for it. This challenge was incredible. I also happened to be doing this detox whilst I was in isolation. So I spent 14 days indoors. Thank you, COVID. For the first few days, I definitely felt like I was missing out. There was definitely some FOMO happening, but it actually very quickly turned into JOMO, joy of missing out. You can't miss what you can't see. So this out of sight, out of mind trick worked so well for me. I didn't want to see my friends holidaying whilst I was stuck indoors. I felt calmer. I felt more focused. I felt so much more productive. I had my time back. I had so much more time. I couldn't believe it. 
I read. I listened to audiobooks. I listened to so many podcasts, a crazy amount of podcasts. I decluttered. I cooked. I shopped. I cleaned. I spent the week working on my 2021 plans and I did a vision board. I was meditating so well. I napped. I Netflixed. I ate more than normal. I did home workouts. I was sleeping well. I felt like I had nowhere to be and no responsibilities. It was epic. It was about day six when I had a breakthrough. I had no idea this would happen to me, but I actually realized that I loved being off Instagram and I almost didn't want to go back online. Week two, back online for 45 minutes a day, 20 minutes morning, 20 midday and five at night. Oh, I felt overwhelmed. I felt flighty. I felt anxious and I could just feel this sense of unease coming back. I found myself in the vortex again 20 minutes flew. I didn't do any work. I was just scrolling. On day eight, nine and 10, I could feel myself fall back in this kind of hustle rush mentality of having to reply that day, respond immediately. And if I didn't, I felt bad because people knew I was back online. But I also felt inspired, inspired to create new content, to start sharing on stories again and showing up. After all, I normally post every day. It's a big part of my life and a big part of me also missed it. So let's talk about my fears. I feared that I might miss out on work or opportunities. This didn't happen. In a way, I thought I might be forgotten about, which is a pretty fear-based response coming from a lack mindset, which is cool to recognize that and I'll definitely explore it. I felt a sense of guilt for not replying to my DMs. There was definitely some work opportunities. There was brands trying to message me and there was people trying to ask me about the podcast and ask me questions about my life and I felt like I was ignoring them. It made me feel more aware of my people-pleasing tendencies. Once again, something to explore. Let's talk about the impact it had on my physical, social, and mental health. Overall, I felt amazing. Amazing. My screen time was down by 90%, which was a huge win. Physically, I had way more energy because my mind affects my body so much. Because I wasn't mentally overwhelmed, I had way more long-lasting energy than I normally do mentally, this was the best challenge for me. I felt calmer, clearer, less distracted and not busy or in my head. I felt grounded and more creative. There was no more decision fatigue. My mind was sharp and focused. And the biggest thing was my attention span increased dramatically. No longer was I picking up the phone every 10 seconds when I felt the slightest sense of boredom. Socially, I felt disconnected from friends on a surface level, but more connected on a deeper level because I FaceTimed and called them and had way better quality chats. Two weeks was definitely enough time to notice benefits. I actually felt it within the first few days. I was loving having my free time back and it was just liberating. It took me about two or three days to adjust to this new normal. And after that, the benefits were profound. Will I continue this challenge long-term? I'll definitely continue to take breaks and set myself new limits for how long I can go on Instagram a day. And I want to stick to that new limit and create boundaries around it. Going on for work slash going on for pleasure. Actually breaking it up and not mixing the two together. I also think I'll take a few days off here and there, the odd weekend. And I'll also take a week off again sometime this year. I would definitely recommend people try social media detox and let me give you my advice. Delete Instagram, delete all social media completely and do the detox first. Then add in your time limits. Might be 30 minutes, 40 minutes, one hour, whatever it is, but detox first. Then you need to find a replacement. Do something with your time that actually aids in your personal growth that you also enjoy. Do it with a friend so that you have accountability. This is a big one. 
FaceTime friends and call them so you can still feel in the loop. If you're wanting to see photos or videos from them that'll stop you going on Instagram, just get them to text you them. Use apps to block it or limit your social media if you need to. But you can put it in a folder so it's harder to find. So when you open up your screen, it's not directly staring at you and tempting you. When you go on social media, scroll consciously and set a timer. This is a big one that'll hold you accountable. And last but not least, use the Screen Time phone app on Instagram and stick to it. This actually gives you warnings. You can click it for an extra minute or an extra 15 minutes, or you can actually have the discipline and totally turn it off. So that's it for my two weeks of social media detoxing. In my next challenge, I'm going to be taking on yin yoga with Nell Kitchen. Join me next time to see if I'm better for it. Better For It was presented by Katie Williams and produced in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer, Lindsay Green. Audio producer, Darcy Thompson. And executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. For more episodes, head to podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the free Podcast One Australia app or search Better For It podcast.